So every every few days I'd go in, I'd check, and I would look to see if my comment had fallen off the page. And if it had, I would just go back, find it, copy paste, just uh -huh. to just to keep it there. Uh -huh. And uh, within the week, he went from like I said he, at the beginning of the live stream from 300 subscribers all the way up to above a thousand. Wow! Make it simple like as as stupidly simple as you possibly can yeah because the soon as you as soon as you start to add in complexity things go out the window you're listening to a real human being a podcast about conversation and connection and being human my name is josh putnam and i believe that everybody is worth listening to that connection is powerful and healing and that we need each other Hello, everyone. Welcome into the show today. I am uh, excited about my guest today, somebody that I've worked with now for a little while, and we've been able to talk um, uh, occasionally, but now we're going to be able to get a little in-depth, and, and I love what he is doing and, and what he has done, especially over this last year, and I think that you'll all um, find this very fascinating and helpful, I think, for those who are trying to especially transition as um, things, the economy has been a little tough lately. So. Uh, this is Drew Hitchcock, and uh, Drew, welcome into the show. Yeah, thanks for having me. Oh, so it's my my pleasure. So, Drew, um, let's start with. Well, let's just like have you introduce yourself a little bit about yourself, a little bit of background, maybe um, you know something interesting about your about you and. Yeah. Um, okay. So yeah. So my name is Drew Hitchcock. Um, I. Right now, I, I classify myself as a uh, YouTube expert per se. Um, uh, that is that is what I work with most of my clients on. Um, I do have a handful of clients who I do more broad, like digital marketing type stuff. But I would say mm -hmm. YouTube expert is probably how I would classify myself right now. Um, I have been in kind of the online space for, gosh, well, it's been since 2013 at least. Mm -hmm. um, uh, I, I've gone through a myriad of like biz, online business ideas, um, both while working full time, uh, as well as while having two jobs. Uh, we mm -hmm. can get into that. I've I've been all over the place. I've done uh, the YouTube game myself. I have done uh, e-commerce, Amazon FBA. I have mm -hmm. done SEO website stuff i have done do you affiliate well, uh, I, well so I, I do a little bit affiliate with some mm -hmm. of the like as a function of like some of the clients who i work with they mm -hmm. like hey what what products and services do you recommend for xyz and yeah. so so i've made money in a wide gambit of different arra uh, arrangements and yeah. uh, up until this point uh i'm now full-time helping people grow their YouTube channels. Uh, specifically, uh, I've kind of like made it my goal to help 10 of my heroes hit the million subscriber mark is kind of like what mm -hmm. I'm shooting for. Um, so yeah, so, I, so I'm sure we can get into a lot of the nitty gritties of the whole journey as I've gone, but yeah. that is kind of me in a nutshell up until this point <laughs> where you're at now that, that, and we'll, we'll hit on this. I think that we'll get into, to, to this a little bit later but something you said there kind of stands out to me as to so something that is, is a key to i think your success but that you wanted to help what do you say 10 of your your heroes to reach yeah 10, ten of my heroes to reach a million subscribers yeah. or more so let's let's everyone hold on to that in your in your mind for a minute because that's going to be i think a, a focal point of, of our discussion here but let's talk about let's go backwards a little bit and, and talk about where you kind of where you started or, or maybe not necessarily where you started 
but kind of where you were professionally before yeah. 2020 and, and, and maybe even the, the couple of years prior to that. Yeah. So kind of in the, in the, in the recent couple of years before I made this transition into helping people with their YouTube channel, um, I was working as a cost engineer for, uh, GE aviation. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was in a very unique role as a function of my group had been tasked with consulting with all of the other GE businesses. Uh, so I got to, I got to experience GE healthcare. I got to experience GE power. I got to experience, uh, Baker Hughes, which was a company that GE had, uh, formed a joint venture with, um, as well as, uh, renewable energy. Like I, I I've seen the whole like GE suite of all of their products. Um, I didn't, t- I think the only one that I really didn't touch was transportation, but, um, that that role had me traveling fifty percent of the time, and I would say all of my wow. um, all of my like ventures outside of GE um, were kind of like on the down low. Like I was helping Garrett uh, at the time, mm-hmm. and like he was really the only major client that I had. Mm-hmm. Um, but up until about mid last year, uh, I was I, I ultimately got laid off as a function of I had transitioned in my group as uh, kind of being out and about doing the activity to training people on how to how to effectively take cost out of product, and okay. um, we ended up we ended up training somewhere in the ballpark of it was like a thousand engineers across GE Aviation, which was kind of kind of insane. Wow. wow. Um, just in a, in a year's period of time. And as things had started transitioning into 2020 with COVID, um, pretty much the entire organization got hit with uh, a pretty significant layoff. Um, mm. I want to say the original, the initial number was like 15%. And then um, as time went on, I think it grew to somewhere in the ballpark of like 25% of, wow. of the total organization, which was pretty Ooh. significant. Yeah. Um, now, mind you, that that that's like globally. So it's not only within the U.S. It mm-hmm. also includes like all of the other sites around the world that GE had or okay. aviation had specifically. Okay. So um, at that point, you know, when I got the, when I got the news, uh, I started thinking about like kind of like where I was at and how I was going to make the transition appropriately. Mm-hmm. Um, and I really started asking my question, like what it, I, I had told myself that I was already going to be leaving GE at the end of the year. This just kind of like escalated the the time frame. And mm-hmm. for me, it was how now that this is happening kind of at an exponential rate, how do I like, if I wanted to bring on more clients, who would I, who would I want to bring on? Mm-hmm. Who do I think that I can really add value to? Mm-hmm. Um, and I kind of went down the list of like all of the people that I had followed over the years and said, one, do they have a YouTube channel? And two, do I have some type of connection with them where it would make sense for me to reach out? Right. Um, so uh, that then started, I, I made a handful of videos just as kind of like a thank you video to a handful of them. And it was just like, mm-hmm. You know, I appreciate I appreciate everything that you've put into your community and the value that I've gotten from it. Here are some takeaways and things that I've done. Kind of like, hey, I've done the things that you said to do. Yeah. And here, here's where here's where I got from it. Um, and uh, for for whatever reason, Ryan Moran was the the first one that I actually reached out to, and mm-hmm. you know that led to a conversation of working, you know, working on his channel, and that kind of then spurred the moment of like, oh, like. 
if I really want to just work on work with the people that I've been following for a while, why not just like figure out a way to reach out and just right. see what happens? Like at right. the end of the day, at the end of the day, I think a lot of times we have this preconceived notion that the people that we follow are almost untouchable. Where right, yeah. like like why would they care about what I have to offer? Yeah. But if you can find somewhere where you like what you're doing aligns with where they're going, I think you would be surprised with how well you can actually create that connection. Yeah. Um, a, gr- a great example. Um, so, you know, worked with Ryan for a handful of months before he brought on a video editor who took over some of my responsibilities. Okay. Um, but. I ultimately ended up reaching out to Benjamin Hardy and uh, even Noah Kagan. Uh, hmm. I don't know if you're familiar with Noah at all. I, I don't know Noah. Yeah, so Noah runs a company called AppSumo, uh, okay. based out of te- based out of Texas. He's really good friends with both Chase Jarvis and Tim Ferriss, okay. um, and that's kind of how I came across Noah and his content. Noah was on a Creative Live um, show with Tim. Uh, specifically talking about business. And uh, like I said, he runs a company called AppSumo, which is like a great, um, if you're ever looking for like digital marketing type software, Uh they run like lifetime deals on like a lot of SaaS companies. Like for instance, one of the deals, one of the deals that I like, I use to this day and have ever since I bought it was uh, they basically had a a service similar to Dropbox where you could pay 200 bucks for two terabytes for life. Oh, so it's not like a monthly subscription or anything. Yeah. So nice. for one, so a one-time payment, and I'm sitting here like, well, a two terabyte drive, if I go and buy it off the shelf, is going to be yeah. two hundred dollars just just for the drive, and yeah. to have to have that storage out in the cloud for the cost of a hard drive, like sign me up. Like, yeah. <laughs> um, so that's 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 what's really cool about uh, what he does. But you know, it's like um, I've been watching him grow his YouTube channel. And, you know, it just, it just kind of gives me permission to say, Hey, like if I see something that you're doing that I think that I might have an insight that might add value to why not? Yeah. So, so I reached out to him. (laughs) I actually, uh, he had a, he has every Friday, he does like a live uh, event where he'll get on live and talk to, talk to his fans on, on YouTube. Mm -hmm. So I had sent him a DM with a like a quick little video of something that I learned. I know he uses email marketing quite a bit and mm-hmm. was like, hey, there's this cool little thing that you can put at the end of the URL for the videos that you're sending out with your uh, with your email that uh-huh. if somebody is like just passively listening, it'll take them from one video to the next to the next and basically in a playlist. Snow- yeah, in, in a playlist without you having to go and create a custom playlist, right. which is kind of cool. Oh, so you don't actually have to create the playlist. It just exactly. It's wow. just ba- it basically just pulls all of your uploads into oh, one, okay. in, into one massive playlist. And it, usually, like with most email, like people who use utilize email marketing, um, they're just sending whatever the most recent video is. So yeah, not, so it sends them the most recent video. They can want it'll play through that. And then once it gets to the end of the video, it'll automatically go to the next recent video and it'll just kind of cycle through, which is kind of cool. Yeah. Uh, But yeah, so, so I, over the last year or so, I've, I've actually kind of been in the process of documenting the connections that I've made and how I've uh, approached the conversation Mm -hmm. and how that has turned into whether it be business or just really good connections um, where like, these are people, like I said, that. I, in my head at the time, would would have thought 
you know, why, why would they care about what I'm doing right. or who I am? Yeah. And it's actually turned into like a meaningful conversation. Right. After the fact. So, and so, okay. So this is, yeah, let's kind of jump in here. We, you sort of did something similar to, to this with Garrett, right? So, so yep. Garrett, and you mentioned Garrett and, and um, those, for those listening, Drew and I, Garrett Gunderson, he's a, a, a mutual client of ours. Um, and that's where we work together. And, and, and Garrett is in, in the uh, finance space, you know, um, somebody who, who is, I think we, we both quite admire what he does and, and, um, and are aligned with a lot of his, his philosophies or surrounding money. Um, but one thing he always talks about is, and I've heard this many, I'm, I'm, I edit his videos. So I, I listen to him all, all day, every day, you know, and, and so, and then Drew of course has to watch them and, and does the YouTube side of it. So we're familiar with his message, but one of the things that he has said repeatedly is like, when you're going to, um, when you maybe want to learn from somebody or work with somebody, you you find a way to add value to their to their life in some way. You don't you don't go and say, "Hey, can I pick your brain?" Right? It's something he has said a, a number of times. Don't no one wants their brain picked. You but if you can go in and you say, "Here's a way that I can add value to your life. Here's a way that I can help you." Like you're talking about here, grow your YouTube channel or or just improve your uh, performance in some way, um, then they're much more inclined to listen. And I think that you did this with Garrett, didn't you? Cause I don't, I don't know the whole story. I just kind of got little pieces of it, but how did you end up working with Garrett in the first place? So, so this is, this is going to be a little bit of an elongated story. Um, okay. I I've only shared this probably with a handful of people, but basically what it boils down to is, so I was, I was on a plane ride coming home from actually, I think I was coming back from Milwaukee, either Milwaukee or, um, uh, Greenville, South Carolina. Okay. And I was on, I was on a plane ride home and I like, I distinctly remember the podcast I was listening to. It was one of, it was Ryan's podcast mm -hmm. and he had basically taken the recording from the capitalism conference that Garrett had done and put it on okay. the podcast. Mm -hmm. So I was listening to this and, and everything that he was talking about, like super resonated. It's like, dude, this guy gets it. Mm -hmm. Um, and obviously, you know, at the end of all of his little speeches, he has like a uh, phone number you can text. So I texted the number. Uh, this you know, is Garrett's through, number? Yeah. Yeah. So uh, that got you access to, uh, you know, opt in for his mega kit. And then obviously they offer, he's got a uh, like a newsletter called Build. Mm -hmm. um, I was like, screw it. Let's, let's go ahead and pick that up as well. Mm -hmm. uh, went through that process and just was really fascinated and kind of anything and everything that Garrett was about mm -hmm. just because it's like it, it resonated in such a way where it was like, man, he just he has articulated that it's not just about money, like mm -hmm. living living a good life is not just about money. It's about kind of like the whole gambit mm -hmm. of how do, how you create your experience. Mm -hmm. And there was just something about the way that he articulated it that was like, oh, this this guy gets it. Mm -hmm. um, and so Obviously, I was a part of that for, uh, I think the newsletter is like a full year long. And uh, at this point in time, I was still doing the retail arbitrage and Amazon FBA at the time. 
Okay. And um, at the end of that year, I had I had sat down and and kind of like reevaluated like doing a lot of different things in the area of business, and I'm not a hundred percent sure what direction I really want to go. So I kind of like did did the like here are the activities that I'm doing, here are the pros, here are the cons. Mm-hmm. What do I like, not like about each of them? Mm-hmm. And I kind of landed on okay the FBA thing's not working out. I had done private labeling and had a failed product. Um, Mm -hmm. I don't have the, I don't have it here. Um, But I, I kind of said, you know, this really like, I'm not jiving with how this is going. Like I can do Mm -hmm. this and make money with it, but I'm not finding much fulfillment in it. Then I had a couple of clients that I had, uh, I was doing some digital marketing type uh, activities with, and I really loved the interactions that I had with them and really thought that, you know, I, I, w- I felt like I was making a difference with them because it's like, mm-hmm. I can open this world of what it's like to use the internet for your business mm-hmm. to them in a way that is going to really, you know, move the needle for them. Right. So, so I kind of landed on like, okay, I want to go down this consulting path, but so, so I first wrote down like, who are the five, who are five people that I know who have a business where they're doing something online and who I am not a hundred percent sure if they already have somebody to fit this mold of like needing right. help in the digital, you know, in the, in yeah. the online space. So, um, now at this point in time, I had taken, uh, Garrett's cashflow banking course as well. Okay. And, and through that, I had met Derek. Uh, I don't know if you you know, Derek. Van I don't, I don't know. Um, Derek is actually, I didn't know this at the time, but Derek is, uh, uh, Garrett's brother-in-law. Oh, and, okay. And I had ended up purchasing a, uh, a cash flow banking policy through Derek. Oh, okay. And, you know, I, I, I found him through an online means I had done business with him and it's like, Hmm. Mm. I wonder if there's a way that I could add value to Derek. So got on the phone with Derek, was like, hey, I think I really want to go down kind of the consulting rabbit hole. I know you're doing stuff online. I'd love to figure out a way how I can add value to you. Mm-hmm. No, like, I'm, I'm not going to charge you for this. This is just me testing the water, seeing right. if, if we can make something work. So, um, so we kind of agreed to sit on a, uh, we basically had a Monday, uh, touch point call where we okay. would go through, like, here are the things you're working on right now. Here are the activities that you're trying to do. And here are the systems and processes that I can help set up for you. So I ended up setting up some of his email marketing as well as, uh, some of his, uh, we, you know, he had purchased click funnels and was going to be doing mm-hmm. like, uh, his own opt-in form and that kind of thing. So I had helped him with kind of the setup of that. Okay. And it was about end of January when I had stumbled upon Garrett's YouTube channel. And I was really confused because when I showed mm-hmm. up to his channel, like he had, most of his videos were two to three minutes at that point in time. Okay. Um, you know, there was a title to the video, but there wasn't anything in the description. And when I looked at vidIQ, I didn't see any tags or anything like that. And I'm, I'm like scratching my head. Like, this is a dude who's a New York Times bestseller, uh-huh. who's producing content on a consistent basis, and he's got 57 subscribers. Like, something's wrong with this. Right. Yeah. 
there's so, so much potential there, but there's it's not being realized. Yeah, and it, it was it was just one of those things where I was like, okay, let me. I know I obviously found Derek through Garrett's program, so obviously yeah. they have some type of connection. So I sent an email mm-hmm. to Derek, and I was like, hey, um, I see this. You know, I see this channel. It looks like Garrett. It is definitely Garrett on the videos. Like what's going on and and he's uh, he was like yep that definitely is garrett i'm like cool mm-hmm. i have some thoughts for his social media in general uh-huh. i would love to just share what i know yeah so that then turned into a quick email where he had forwarded it on to garrett and that basically set up my first phone call with who i thought was just going to be garrett uh-huh <laughs> so I, I I I remember to this day I was sitting in the parking lot on lunch, like getting ready for this call, and I get on the call and Garrett picks up and he's like, "Hey, what's up?" And I'm like, "Hey, I'm here to talk about your your stuff." And he's like, "Cool, hold on one sec. I'm gonna forward this call into my marketing team." And I'm sitting here like, "Oh." <laughs> Oh, that, that, interesting. Okay. So, so yeah. So despite to say my, my connection at the time was abysmal because (laughs) I like, they basically like opened it up and they're like, okay, cool. What do you got? Go. Right. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And I'm just like, uh, impress us. Yeah. So, so I had, I had written down kind of like a list of like, here are the things that I would change right here, right now. And here, Mm -hmm. like here, here are some changes. So I started like, rattling stuff off because i didn't know like where this was gonna go and and like two or two i got maybe two sentences in and all (laughs) of a sudden all of a sudden uh one of the marketing guys was like we're having a hard time hearing you um (laughs) could you could you by chance just uh send us an email with with some details and i'm like (laughs) i'm like cool gotcha so so after about a whopping three minutes of being on that <laughs> phone call. Uh, it was it was very clear that I just needed to send an email and and away I went. Yeah. So so I took I took like two or three days putting together three or four slides just of like here are the connections between all of his all of his social media channels and here are the things that I would change like right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and then that turned into. Um, you know, I sent that email off. It took like a week to to hear back from the marketing agency. And they're like, cool, we'd love to give you a test. And I'm like, okay, mm-hmm. wh- what does that mean? So <laughs> I, I got on with the with the project manager and had a conversation with them. And he's like, yeah, obviously you're very familiar with a lot of this stuff. Where do you think you can add the most? So obviously mm-hmm. I had I had run my own YouTube channel at this point in time and was like, hey, I, I really think me managing the channel and kind of helping with that would probably see, you'd probably get the most, you know, bang for your buck from a time standpoint. Yeah. So, so yeah. So for about, so in the first month he had gone from 57 subscribers to a little bit over a hundred. So uh-huh. we had doubled him in a month from me coming on and I'm like, okay, cool. We're, we're seeing some traction. Things are moving mm-hmm. in the right direction. Um, the second month we doubled him again he was at around, I think it was like 212. I have it mm-hmm. somewhere somewhere in one of my notes. Um, but he was at around 212 subscribers after the second month. And then uh, in the third month, um, about mid-month, he had an event with um, 
Patrick Jim Tempo, who is okay, okay. Uh, one of the one of the guys that he used to co-host uh, the Ask, yeah. one of the is the um, life. Uh, uh, what was it called? Uh, Atlas Shrugged. Or it, well, that's that's the Anne Rand book, right? So uh, oh, oh yeah 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 Sacrifice uh, Shrugged Sacrifice Shrugged yeah yeah yeah. yeah, yeah. So um, so yeah so he had put together a kind of like a, a docu series in the finance world, and Garrett was a part of it, and. Mm-hmm. Um, I had opted in. I don't remember where I opted in from. I'm a part of like enough like internet marketing, make money <laughs> online type things that I got at least five or six emails from different people. Hey, yeah. there's this money revealed thing. So um, well, they were I, all <laughs> promoting the same thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 When, when you're in the digital marketing space, it is so common mm-hmm. for like one big promotion to happen and you get like, five to seven email. Like I'm on enough lists that it's like, there's going to be overlap. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So, so anyways, so I, so I jumped on, uh, and there was basically at the beginning of this docuseries, basically you could watch every episode live, um, as they released it. And then to kick it off, they had a session where Garrett and Patrick Dintempo just kind of went and, and, just had a chat about all of, you know, money, finance, whatevs, you mm-hmm. know, kind of Garrett's usual spiel. Yeah. Um, and I was sitting on the live event in, and the way they had it set it up, set up is they had uh, basically like a landing page with an embedded YouTube video, which was okay. the lot with, which was the live stream. And then they had Facebook comments below that video. Okay. So obviously I'm a YouTube guy. Whenever I see them from Facebook or. So, um, so Facebook has uh, like an embed feature where you can take like a piece of code and uh-huh. uh, plug it into your landing page, and then you have just like a normal Facebook comment page. Okay, so it's just like a private comment page. Yeah, exactly. You, Facebook's uh, structure or build. Exactly. Okay. So, so anyway, so I was sitting on this live event, and I had I had opened up the YouTube window, and. I'm like sitting here on the live stream. I've got the Facebook on one page. I've got the YouTube on another. Um, And I see there's 1400 people sitting in this lobby. All of who, and and as you go through the comments, like everyone's like, Oh my gosh, Garrett's so amazing. uh Knowledge bombs everywhere. Yada, yada. You know, you just sit Uh there and you're like, dude, this is like Garrett's target audience watching Uh him. And like, uh, so at, at at the time I was just like, I wonder what would happen if I copied Garrett's YouTube channel and put a comment and said, Hey, I found, found Garrett's YouTube channel. Everybody should go check it out and subscribe. Uh huh. And, and funny enough. So I, I, I left it in the YouTube comments as well as on the, on the landing page. Mm-hmm. And, uh, all of a sudden Patrick decided to like stop Garrett from talking and he's like, yeah, I just want to do a couple shout outs to people who are in the comment sections. And sure, <laughs> and, sure and sure enough, he read he read my comment. And I'm like, wow. oh boy. So so I like created a new tab, opened up Garrett's analytics. I'm like, I wonder. Yeah. And I so I I let it I let it go for about 10, 15 minutes and then hit the refresh button. And at the time, like at the at the start of the live stream, he was at like 300 subscribers, and I hit the refresh button. And it's like, oh. He's at 450 now. It's like <laughs> nice. Yeah. And so um so I, I'm just sitting here like, dude, I have I've like hit the jackpot. Like get get him. I'm like, <laughs> yeah. we should, we should I I put in another comment. I'm like, we should get him to a thousand. Uh-huh. And, and uh 
I just kind of like let it go. And what I, what I would do is, is like every couple of days I would, he left that live up for about a week. He also sent out emails to the live, like the, for the replay. Okay. Right. So, so every, every few days I'd go in, I'd check and I would look to see if my comment had fallen off the page. And if it had, I would just go back, find it, copy, paste, just uh-huh. to, just to keep it there. Uh-huh. And uh, within the week he went from, like I said, he, at the beginning of the live stream from 300 subscribers all the way up to above a thousand. Wow. And it was awesome. like, yeah, this is, then we're, yeah. we're, move, we're that's moving. The way. Yeah. That's so, the story that I had heard or at least little pieces of. So, but I'd never heard it from, from you. So I was, I was curious. Yeah. So, so it was just kind of one of those things where it's like, okay, like guerrilla tactics at its, at its prime. Yeah. <laughs> just a great opportunity. You were there, you seized the moment and just, just. Went. Yeah. And, and, and that's kind of why, like, when I, you know, the, the goal that I set, I find that, especially in the client world, like if you're bringing on just any old client, mm-hmm. you're going to have a very different experience with that person than if you actually know, care yeah. and like want that person to win. Yeah. There's just like a, a, a much different mentality. Like, do, did I care like, did I like time out how much time I was sitting on that live stream and doing that? Like, no, like, I'm not going to bill a, the client for that. It's like, yeah. I want them to win. Right. And just having that mentality, I feel like has been one of my biggest advantages because it's like, when you have that connection and understanding of like who that person is, what they're mm-hmm. all about and what their mission is. And you're on board with it. Yeah. It, yeah. It, it makes it that much easier to put in the extra effort and, and right. really, and really just go for it. Right. So, so at that point in time, um, now mind you up until this point, I was essentially like a subcontractor under the people who were managing his, his channels at that point mm-hmm. in time. Mm-hmm. And, um, I now, part of the story that I kind of left out was I had flown uh, as a function of my working with Derek, I had taken it on myself to fly out to Salt Lake city to help uh, Derek uh, record some videos for his YouTube channel and kind of his business. Um, And as a function of that, I had messed Weston because Weston was Mm -hmm. the one him and Convy were the ones who, who did the recordings. Mm -hmm. Um, So I, Obviously, I had I had Weston's number at that point in time, and I sent him a text. I'm like, "Hey, did you see did you see Garrett's channel?" Mm-hmm. And he's like, "No, uh, yeah, I, th- I think it's I think it's really cool." And I'm like, "You realize that was me, right?" Dot, dot, dot. <laughs> and he's like, "Wait, what do you mean?" And I sent I sent him the replay at at the timestamp, and he's like, "Oh, that was you." <laughs> so. uh that so after the week had passed in that Monday morning, I was I was getting home from work and I got get this random text, like how much do you charge for this? I'm like, uh, what do you what do you mean? And he's <laughs> like, oh, by the way, this is Garrett. I'm like, oh, oh okay, that's interesting. <laughs> right, number so you that, don't know how much do you charge? What do you? Well, yeah, well at, at that point in time, like I, like the client stuff was all like pro bono and very like low key. Um, it really, really wasn't anything, you know, substantial at all. Right. And, you know, at that point in time, it's like when you're working a six figure job and just doing stuff on the side, it's kind of like extra money is just extra money that, you know, you can play and invest and, 
and do that kind of thing with. So, you know, I had to really kind of get my ducks in a row and figure out, okay, like what are, you know, what are typical norms for what people offer in this space and that kind of thing. And, um, you know, we, we had come to an agreement on like the finance piece and it was like, Oh wow. Like this is, this is a big deal. Like I just landed somebody who I look up to as a client, like what? (laughs) And, uh, like for me, that was kind of like the tip of the iceberg of like, wow, it really just boils down to finding ways to add as much value as possible. And then everything else will like take care of itself. Right. Right. So, okay. So let's back up for one second and just, how did you gain the knowledge and the know-how to even have the skill set to add any value to, to somebody like Garrett. I mean, obviously you did your own YouTube channel. Is that really where it all came from? Was just your experience there? Well, so, so I have taken, I've spent more money on courses than I would like to admit. (laughs) Um, And like, I am very, I've just become very familiar. Like at at the time, at the time I I had a client who we have kind of like a rev share agreement of, I help them with kind of anything and everything, digital marketing, whether that be Mm. website stuff, whether that be, um, you know, setting up sales funnels or social media and that kind of thing. So Mm -hmm. I already had a little bit of experience in that arena. Um, But a lot of, a lot of the YouTube stuff came from the time back 2013, 2014, when Mm -hmm. I was running my YouTube channel, my gaming channel, uh, you know, talking about StarCraft 2, it's like you mm-hmm. start to see and understand like how the game is played. And surprisingly, like, I mean, it was what, 2018 at the time when I first got connected with Garrett. So okay. even in those four or five years, like YouTube as a platform has evolved over time, but yeah. a lot of it has stayed pretty consistent as far as like, the things that you think about, you know, how do you look at search? How do you look at, uh, mm-hmm. obviously the suggested piece of YouTube is a little bit different than it was back then. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, actually, now that I think about it, I'm not even sure I remember what the YouTube homepage at that time was like. Yeah, I'd, have I, to, I'd have to go, I have to go to the Wayback Machine to figure that out. <laughs> yeah. When did, when did YouTube come out? What was it early 2000, 2009? It, I mean, yeah, I want to say, I want to say it really like got kicked off like 2007, 2008 okay. timeframe. Okay. Um, but it didn't like, it didn't turn into the platform where you could ultimately like create, you know, right. get, get paid and that kind of stuff yeah. until, I think it wasn't until like 2008, 2009. Okay. when they first released the YouTube partnership program and all that stuff. Granted back then, like being a partner meant you had a hundred subscribers and that was <laughs> it. That, that was the only requirement. Yeah. So. <laughs> My goodness. Times have changed, but, but it, I mean, it did, it, it took on a, a life of its own, but it took, but it's still the kind of fundamentally the same. So you yeah. can still apply all of those same or a lot of the same principles and that you learned yeah. back then. Okay. Yeah, because I think that that is um, with it, like that is you kind of hit the the nail on the head as far as like how do you, um, how do you find success in in any area of life, but particularly in in business, I think is um, is is finding ways to add value to somebody. So first, you have to have that value to add, right? So you you and and Garrett talks about investing in yourself yeah. a lot. Um, and so you did that, whether it was intentional 
at the time when you were starting a YouTube channel, you weren't really thinking someday I'm going to need to know all of this stuff so that I can help clients do the same thing. I mean, I don't know, maybe you were, but, but you probably were just doing it because you loved Starcraft and you were fascinated by the YouTube world and thought that that would be a lot of fun. Um, yeah. I mean, really like that whole phase of my life really boiled down to like, so I, I went to university of Cincinnati for my undergrad. Mm -hmm. And at the end of that time, I was starting to get really into like the whole esports scene and mm -hmm. that kind of thing. And there were a couple of, there were a couple of casters who I really looked up to that. I was like, dude, if I could do that, that'd be amazing. Mm -hmm. And that was kind of when I decided like, okay, I'm just going to start this YouTube channel and see if it turns into anything. And it was mm -hmm. funny because like the first few videos that I released, I was like, why aren't the, you know, why isn't anybody like watching these things? Like what, what's <laughs> yeah. the, what's the deal here? So finally, finally I sent, um, I sent one of the videos to a good friend of mine who was also interested in Starcraft. And I was like, okay, be honest. <laughs> what is wrong with this? And, and he's like, you have zero personality. I'm like, what do, what do you mean? I have zero personality. Like, listen to yourself. I'm like, yeah. what do you mean? Like, yeah. he's like, go watch 10 videos from a caster that you admire and tell and tell me what is different between your video and his video. Uh -huh. And, and then it clicked. It was like, Oh, like this dude's got really dynamic voice. Like he uh -huh. hits the highs, hits the lows. He like gets into it and it's like, okay, uh -huh. I can do this. So, uh, so the first thing that I did was I, I switched up my intro from the, Hey, this is Drew. I'm playing some StarCraft II as Protoss to uh -huh. something that something that was a little bit more like, hey, hello everybody, this is Chaos with KLC Sports Productions. And you know, it's like you just uh -huh. you can just the see value. the different Yeah, it's like, how do I make this interesting? How do yeah. I really like take this to a next level? And and it was funny too, because like after after I like figured that out and it hit me, I mean it took me it probably took me like 30 or 40 videos before I like came to this realization and it was like, Oh, okay. So this, this is kind of how I need to like go with this after that getting to the hundred subscriber mark was actually a pretty straightforward process. Mm. I, I hit a hundred subscribers in probably four or five months okay. and it was like all of a sudden, once I hit a hundred things just started like I could see the flywheel just kind of moving along and it's like, Oh, Game momentum. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You, and, um, at that point in time, I had like a couple of people had reached out on the channel, like, Hey, we'd love you to come and like cast our, cast our tournaments on the weekend and that kind of thing. Okay. So, so that then turned into the, you know, getting into Twitch and live uh -huh. broadcasting and that kind of thing. And, yeah, Twitch terrifies me. It just with the, <laughs> because there's just so like there's so much going on live and at, at the same time. My brain has a hard time keeping up with it all. But yeah, it is very interesting to me though. The the yeah yeah Twitch is Twitch is its own own beast of a social media platform. Yeah, but but it's been it's just been it it was fascinating to like go through that evolution and come to the realization like oh like people really enjoy this and yeah. you know when when you put the effort and time in like you kind of start to see like your own growth like mm -hmm. i go back and watch that first video every once in a while i'm like man <laughs> so bad yeah. but 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 you know it it just shows you how far you've come right. and um 
that whole era. So I stopped, I stopped recording those videos probably is probably about like 24 end of 2014 beginning of 2015 timeframe. I had, mm -hmm. I had just cast. So as, as, you know, doing the live streams and all of that, I, I was asked by an organization based out of Maine to cast a 16-man tournament. We had the top eight Koreans, top four US and top four EU players. Okay. In a $10,000 tournament. And I was, and I ba basically, I, I got a phone call one day like, hey, uh, we're going to have this tournament. It's going to be four days long. We're going to pay you $500. Are you interested? Uh -huh. And I'm like, dude, I'm going to get paid. Now, the, the yeah. caveat was the caveat was is it had to be shot on Korean prime time. Okay, which was what time here? Or which was you, which in Eastern, it's it's 8 a.m. Okay. So it's like, I am totally taking vacation days to do this. Like, like <laughs> oh, I, there's no a job at the time. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so so it was just it was just one of those things where you just like you put in the work, you see how things yeah. turn out. And then all of these really like at the time to get paid $500 to, to cast a video game tournament, like, uh -huh. like Which how ridiculous, enjoyed, right? Yeah. But, yeah. but how ridiculous is that? Yeah. Like, right, you know, when I, when I told my boss why I was taking a couple of days <laughs> off, he, he looked at me, he's like, okay, that's different. <laughs> that's Have fun. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> but what, so what year was this? Like I said, this was, yeah, this was uh, probably about mid 2014. Oh, okay. Um, it was kind of like the height of the StarCraft two era. I would say StarCraft okay. is nothing of what it, what it used to be uh, as, tar as far as viewership. Um, hmm. MLG was like the big, one of the big tournament MLG and GSL were kind of the two big tournaments. And those would always have like hundred thousand plus viewership for like the wow. tournaments. Yeah. And after the after that year, you could see things like slowly disintegrate. Uh, the next year, it was only like thirty thousand. Wow. The year after that, was like ten. So it's huh. turned back into kind of like a more niche community. Um, huh. Now you got things like League of Legends and CS:GO and and those type of things that are still big and rocking. Mm -hmm. um, but StarCraft has kind of like fall fall into the wayside a little bit. Interesting. Yeah, the, uh, man, what a I, I think that that is is what so like back then and, and especially back when YouTube first started, it it almost felt like like a pipe dream and 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 irresponsible to say I'm gonna be a YouTuber, right? And yeah, that's totally. how I'm gonna make my or, or even anything in the online space. Whereas now, it's not only not a pipe dream, but it's like. It's, that's what that's what people want, right? And and it's proven that it's it's viable. It's it's uh, it's um, it's repeatable, right? I mean, it's replicatable. P people do it over and over. Again. I mean, it doesn't mean that like everyone's going to become Mr. Beast, but it means like there are so many niches and there are so many um, available options for people and different ways to uh, be involved. Whereas like mm -hmm. you, you're on the back end, I'm on the on the back end right now. Of course, now I'm doing this podcast, but like there are so many different ways to kind of utilize um, the, the potential, uh, the energy potential of the mm -hmm. internet to, um, to add value to, to the world and to people's life. The market is so huge, right? I mean, so you yeah. can, like you said, there was Starcraft, a hundred thousand people for a, 
for a live for an event. I mean, that's crazy, but it, it was, I mean, nowadays, like that's, that's nothing for some of these big, um, you know, esports or, or gaming communities. Like that's, that's no, yeah, big deal, I, really. I'm, I'm pretty sure the statistic for the last, uh, world's championship tournament, like the final, the final game was greater than the Super Bowl. Really? Which, which, like, when you think about it, it's like, wow. Like, the Super Bowl is, like, internationally known. Like, Mm -hmm. people everywhere watch it. Mm -hmm. And to think that a video game has gotten to the level where they have that many eyeballs all at the same time. Yeah. It's just absolutely remarkable. And and quite honestly, it's, you know, it's it's funny because, I mean... I would say we're not even, we're not even, we haven't even hit the peak of like where that era is. Mm. And it's only going to get bigger from here. I mean, it's it starting, I, if I remember right, it's starting to become more uh, like it's a part of like the Olympics now. Is it and like it, esports it, or something? Yeah. I, I'm pretty sure there are a handful of games that are a part of the Olympics now. Huh. Um, I'd have to, I'd have to look it up. But, um, yeah. but it's yeah, like, I mean, it's, it's crazy. It is crazy, but it, but it, but it, it makes sense if you start, especially now as we've as as kind of the whole world is has has moved even more toward online stuff now yep. uh, over the last year. It's it's just grown that market. I think even even bigger. Um, so let's get into like some specifics then, and uh, about. Um, let's start with, with just like some basic advice. Don't give away your, your secret sauce or anything, but like for people who are starting a YouTube channel or people who are wanting to do online um, content creation of some kind and, and don't necessarily know where to start or, or, or where to go or, or under, or it's overwhelming to them and they just, but they feel like there's so much potential there. What do I do? What, what advice would you give them just to, to start with? So I think kind of one of the 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 big things is just getting over that that initial hurdle of like mm-hmm. actually getting started. I think mm-hmm. quite honestly, a lot of times. So I've got a, I've got a buddy of mine who I talk with. Actually, I've got a call with him later today. Um, one of his struggles is he plans everything, everything mm-hmm. to a T, mm-hmm. and it's like he's made videos before. He's relatively comfortable in front of the camera, but he feels like everything needs to be a hundred percent perfect. And I, you know, it's the more I see it, it's the more I recognize how like just taking the time to like make it simple, like as, as stupidly simple as you possibly can. Yeah. Because the soon as you, as soon as you start to add in complexity, things go out the window. So best, best example. So my wife, um, she runs a blog uh, called Hitchcock at home Mm-hmm. And it's, you know, it's a food cooking blog and she, uh, beginning of last year, she started to make some YouTube videos for it. Okay. And she's actually, uh, she's actually had one video, which is, a like a, a bacon jerky video for whatever reason has, huh. she's got like over 10,000 views on that one video. And it's like, as a person who's got a channel with less than a hundred subscribers, it's like 10,000 views yeah. on the video is pretty Ooh. good. Yeah. Um, but she hit a point at the end of last year where she just felt like she did, she didn't want to record anything because she knew in her head all of the editing that she had to do right and and that was a big sticking point for her like how do i like still do something that's good but this editing piece like she would record a, she could record a video in an hour but yeah. 
to then go through the process of editing was like a week or two yeah. of her just taking the time to sit down and go through it. And uh, so what, as a function of kind of like what I've been doing, I ended up hiring an editor part-time because I've got a couple of clients that um, I do their editing and I'm starting to offload. And uh, I was just like, hey, let's, for for the first couple videos, let's go ahead and just have them take a look at your videos and see mm-hmm. what they can do. And um, I use I use a service that's like pretty cheap. They use um, they've got editors both in the Philippines as well as in in India, so they can keep the okay. prices a little bit more reasonable. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, we uploaded the footage, and then forty eight hours later, got kind of the first edit back. Now, the first our first go around was horrible, only because really? only because. I failed to include all the footage. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> so, <mean> that, right? <laughs> so, so after, so after finally getting them all of the footage, the, the first one came back and she's like, Oh, this is actually really good. Like mm-hmm. this is way better than I could have done. And it's like, as a function of removing that, that barrier and making it simple for her, uh-huh. we've now gone through four videos. Okay. So it was recognizing that, by that process not being simple enough, it created a sticking point that stopped the front end stuff from from even happening. From even starting, yeah. So, and and you know, as I've been able to build up my client base and start to like pass off some of these activities, I've I'm coming to my own conclusion that just making it as simple as possible is like at the end of the day, what is stopping most people from actually taking the action that they need to take. Mm. Um, Because like three months ago, I created a YouTube, uh, I I was in the process of creating a YouTube course. I said I was going to do it. I had told my accountability guys like, hey, this is going to happen. And I I told them it was going to happen that month at the beginning of the month and that I would send them a link at the end of the month with here's the first rough draft of the course. Uh And I got two thirds of the way through the month and I'm like, why haven't I done this? I said I was going to do it. I've got time on my calendar to do it, but I would always find a way to like not do it. Avoid it. Uh And what I found out was the reason why I didn't do it was because what I, in my head, I was thinking, okay, I'm going to take my DSLR into the other room where I've got like a nice little setup. I can have Mm -hmm. a window to get, you know, nice lighting, that kind of thing. I hit the record button. I had my notes of everything that I was going to say. And I started going through it and went through uh, like two or three takes. And I came to the realization. I'm like, dude, what am I doing? This needs to be simpler. Okay. Yeah. Because the process of recording on a DSLR, having to then take the footage, put it into the computer, getting it into the editor and going through that whole spiel Uh to like get it right. I Uh was like, you know what? I'm going to use my webcam. I'm going to use OBS and mm-hmm. I'm going to record and I've got my notes here and I'm just going to do it this way where I can hit the record button. Even if I screw up, it's not going to be the end of the world. You, so you save yourself the editing time of having to bingo. go back in. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, and that was it. I was able to, it took me two days yeah. to get through the entire course. And had I known that at the beginning of the month, I would have had, the rest of the month to polish and do all the stuff. But because mm-hmm. in my head I had created this complexity of like going into the other room, feeling like I had to get everything right. It's like, mm-hmm. once I took that out, it was, it was a no brainer. Yeah. And, and I think I'm starting to realize more and more how it's like, 
once you introduce levels of complexity, it becomes less like the action is more difficult. Yeah, less less feasible for you, less less uh, yeah, accessible. I've I found that to be true for me as well. I, like this room that I'm in now has gone through multiple iterations of like, oh, I've got to get everything has to be right and the lighting and the, and the, the, the background. And I had a couch at one point and that was too big. And that was just, and, and I would f- find all of these little things like a, as being reasons to, I can't do it yet. Right. I, I have got it. And then, and then, yeah, I've got, well, I've got to put the camera on and, and I've got to then get the footage. And I, at one point I had multiple cameras, a multiple camera set up. And I can do it. I mean, I have the technical skill to do it, but knowing what it's going to take afterward and going in and, and, and I'm already exhausted from the setup and the actual yep. production. And then I have to go in and do post and it would stop me from, from actually doing it. And so, and then this, so for this new podcast, that's something I had wanted to, to do was to have uh, yeah, I could get on and just lecture people about something or my thoughts, but I want to, I love the energy of a conversation and you have, yep. and you can ha- talk about so many interesting things. And yep. so when, especially this last year, when people started going to zoom more and, and other online platforms, I was like, this is totally acceptable. Yeah. A, a, a webcam might not have the same uh, I mean, I'm still using my 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 mirrorless camera here, but like Zoom's video quality isn't quite as good, and you get you know there's can't adjust the frame rate and all that, but like it's good enough, and it's certainly right now like everyone's doing Zoom calls, and and I've seen interviews and videos of people with people where like the webcam is terrible, and even the audio isn't always great, but people are listening, people are watching because it's acceptable now and yeah. and it's fine anyway. So I, I kind of got over that hurdle and I decided let's just do, I'll just do zoom calls and I can set it up so that I don't have to cut back and forth between the two people. Yep. So it saves me on all this editing time. And, and I can, I go through and watch it at double speed just to cut out any yeah. really offensive stuff that's bothering me or whatever, you know, but for the most part, like it is just cut out so much of the time and afterward and definitely simplified. So, so, and, and I've been able to do, this is, this is now my sixth one, uh, uh, episode and, and I've tried podcasting before and, and this has been the most consistent I've been able to be at it. And so I think I, not even realizing that that was what I was doing, I was definitely simplifying and it has definitely helped me a lot. Yeah. So you just got to kind of find some way for you to be, because if you were to go back to yourself in 2013 and say, I can't do a video until it looks like what they ended up looking like, right? Mm-hmm. Then you just never would have started. Yep. And, and you never would have had the experience and never would have gone for it. It's, I, I had, a, had a conversation with Weston actually on, on Tuesday and we, a quote that I mentioned to him there was, was from more Marie Forleo, where she says the key to success is to start before you're ready. Right. So you you find some way to like, okay, it's not perfect yet. And it's not really where I want to be in the end, but I can simplify it enough and I can start. 
and then we can figure it out as we go. Yeah, I think creating creating that simplified like yes, can things get compli- complex over time? Sure. Mm-hmm. But getting I, I think the biggest barrier to entry that most people has is this like they see all of the, you know, what they're trying to replicate mm-hmm. on the internet. Yeah. And as a function of that, they're like, well, if I can't have this level of quality, then it's then it's just not worth it. And right. it's like like that is such a defeating mindset because it basically you're you're giving yourself an out. Yeah. Like the thing that you're like, what you're really doing is, is you really fear like what other people think Yes. rather than like all of what it is, your difficulty of it and whatever. Yeah. And, and I think honestly, I, I, for whatever reason, the, the gene of caring too much about what other people think has uh, like, I've got I've got a lesser version of that. Like, do I care what people think? Yes, yeah. but not nearly to the extent of some other people. And as a function of that, it's like I'm willing to just go all in and say, you know, uh, like uh, I'm not afraid to put myself out there and you know fail. Yeah, because at the end of the day, the the lessons that you learn from failures are are truly like, I mean. <laughs> Had I not gone through the exercise of, you know, going through my YouTube channel, getting to a point where it's like, okay, this doesn't make any sense, going through FBA and having some level of success to then do private labeling and then have my private label just blow up in my face. Like, had I not gone through that evolution, I never would have gotten to the end conclusion of like, oh, I really like consulting. I really like interacting Uh with people. And had I not gone through that trial and tribulation, who knows where I would be. (laughs) Right. And, and, and continued on, like persevered. I mean, Mm -hmm. course corrected and learned the lessons and then adjusted, but, but kept going. That's interesting. That's, Similar to to the conversation Weston and I had, he talked about how failure or not he's he said mistakes um, are are necessary, not just that they might happen or that they're that they're okay, but they need to happen, you know, so that you can learn the lessons. And so he tries to set up situations where his he and his team can fail early and often, mm-hmm. but just mitigate the cost of that, right? So like uh he for him in, in when they're doing a production, he does. They do you know, uh, shot blocking yep. very intensively. So like they set up everything exactly the way it will be on set, like down to the dimensions and the measurements and the cameras and everything, so that they can go and they go through and they shoot it as though they would on set. So that then they can go back and look at it. Well, this didn't work. Or this lens didn't work, or this scene, or this dialogue, or whatever. And they make all of these mistakes that sure they still cost them money because they have their time. But but if they were to to go on set with all of that and and make those mistakes, then you know you make all the, it's a much costlier mistake. Mm-hmm. So they they make all those mistakes early and 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 learn from it. That is something. So I did I did a a, a film a feature a few years ago. I mean so. 2012 we released so this is almost 10 years ago um and it was a devastating experience for me because it was just traumatic and it was my first foray into the filmmaking world and and it it did not do well and we had a lot of um issues on the business side in the in the end and it was just a traumatic experience for me 
And that, I let that um, keep me from trying or persevering and, and continuing on. Although I did though learn lessons, like I don't actually like a lot of this stuff. We didn't have any money, so I had to do a lot of stuff. Mm-hmm. And so I learned a lot of things that I didn't like and that I didn't really want to do. But I learned a skill like editing, which is what I do now, and that that I I didn't mind that and and I was decent at it. And so I could I could utilize that moving forward. But but I did let it kind of like pull me out of that world for a number of years and like not even consider, you know, re-entering for a while. And so I think gaining that skill and for whatever reason you kind of had the ability to just like who, you know, who cares what other people think about me in this, in this moment. And I'm just going to learn the lesson from it and move on. I think that's a very valuable skill to, to possess seems to have served you very well. <laughs> yeah. I think, you know, there, there are a lot of experiences that we have as we grow up, but I, I think quite honestly, really what it boils down to is, is like the successes and failures that we have over time really just help us understand who we really are mm-hmm. um you know i have always it, it's funny i got, I got an award in college uh, my senior year not for being the most outspoken leader or somebody who is bombastic and wants mm. to be in front of everybody and this that and whatever i got it as a function of because i was willing to just buckle down do the work i i was i was the unspoken leader the, the person in the background making sure that everything happened and, you know, was executed appropriately mm-hmm. rather than somebody who is at the forefront. Like, you know, I, I did try out for drum major and, and did not get it, unfortunately, but um, it was the willingness to kind of like be there for people when they needed me to be there, regardless of like, my own circumstance. I've always, I've always been like, as I call a flex guy. Uh Uh, Like when I was, even when I, even when I was at uh, GE, a lot of times I would take, I I would do an activity that I knew that nobody else would want to figure out or nobody else would want to do. Right. Just, just because like, if, if this is the person you need me to be right now, let me do it. Let me just do it. Right. Um, and for whatever reason, just having that flexibility and that openness to be willing to learn and try stuff that you haven't necessarily tried before um, has always served me in a way where I, you know, it's like even even when I, uh, so let me, let me finish the thought. Um, it's always served me in a way, in a way where I have grown and learned from the experience regardless of what the outcome was mm-hmm. um, and kind of like why I have chosen to do a lot of the things that I've done has been a function of it's like I know that even if this doesn't work out that the experience that I will have gained from this is going to be way more valuable than the time and money that I invested into it okay because um, right. like so back back when I was uh, doing the casting and, and the YouTube stuff. Um, <laughs> I, I had a very interesting six month period of time where I was um, in school full time, still employed by GE, hmm. working part time at an Apple store as a tech, hmm. helping people fix their computers, running a YouTube channel, 
as well as doing Amazon FBA. Wow. All, all at the same time. Wow. And did you get burned out? I mean, well, so, so it's funny because I hit, um, during this period of time, the way things were structured, like the, my master's program took two days a week, Monday, Wednesday, okay. Friday, I did not have any classes. My schedule was structured so that Tuesday and Thursday were just like crazy busy where I would be at school from like nine 30 until five. And then I had Monday, Wednesday, Friday to like figure stuff out and do homework and that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. And when my, when my schedule had turned out that way, I was like, man, I am one when you give me large pieces of time that I don't have allocated to something, I'm going to waste it. Mm. So I said, well, what could I do that's Monday, Wednesday, Friday that I could find value in mm -hmm. where that during my day? And the answer was, well, one, I've always wanted to work in an Apple store just because it's Apple. It's an interesting like arena. Mm -hmm. I love computers and I know that learning how to talk to people in a way is going to give me a people skill that I'm, that I just don't get at my current role at mm -hmm. GE. So I, I went for it and sure enough, like the interview process happened um, as I was transitioning. Cause the way that um, the program that I was in, which is called the Edison program um, at the time was structured that you would basically be off for an entire semester. Basically they, they okay. take you out of your role. They say, go full-time for a full semester, finish your master's, and then you come back, you're in a role, and you're finishing your master's part-time. So you've okay. got a little bit of, you got a, still a little bit of schoolwork. And I basically told myself, I'm like, okay, the Apple thing is, I'm only going to continue doing the Apple thing if I really enjoy it. Mm -hmm. and I don't feel like I'm going to get burnt down from it. Okay. So after I, after I had done the full-time semester and had come back to work and was basically working evenings at Apple, because obviously I went from being shifting from being kind of more during the day, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, plus one day on the weekend to just e evenings alone, which basically had me working four evenings a week plus a Saturday or a Sunday, depending on how the week worked. Mm -hmm. Um, I just, I, I came to the realization that the work that I was doing at Apple, for whatever reason, when I would show up and just do the work, I didn't get tired from it. Hmm. It was very, very, it was very strange. Cause like and I, you were, assumed, a tech, you were a tech guy or what, what were you doing there? Yeah. So, so when they first have you join, you're primarily working on mobile devices. So you're, hmm. um, uh, I don't remember what the t official title was, but I was like working toward being a genius, somebody who worked on Macs. Mm -hmm. um, I had gone through the Mac training. They just didn't have any like genius, uh, part-time genius spots open. So okay. even though even though I was in a lesser role, I basically act as a genius. Um, and there was just something about like having that experience of like showing up, fixing people's problems, getting them from a place where like, oh my gosh, my life is destroyed as a function of not being able to use this device and it yeah. working for me to, oh, it's okay. Everything's going to be fine. Yeah. <laughs> and huh. um, I had I had a few interactions at that job that like just demonstrated to me more and more how I really love the way that Apple chooses to approach things. I had, I had one gal bring in her Mac day after her birthday. And she's like, 
So I got this Mac for my birthday. Mm-hmm. Um, it's the top of the line, fully specced out, has Apple Care. And I had opened it up, set it up, and it was on the table, and my cat knocked over a vase. Oh, man. That was on the table, and water spilt all into the device. And I, I, I looked at her. She's like, I know I'm going to have to pay this amount because this is what it falls under. I've already called. I've had this conversation. Yeah. And I looked at her. And and it's funny because at Apple they they're very like they really want they really want to empower you to like make the right call, and it's like I'm sitting here thinking like man if I was in her shoes, I would be devastated. Like like I'm going to school next year. I just got this awesome computer and it's been destroyed. Yeah. So, so I I, I looked at her. I was like, hold on one second. I walked to the middle of the store where the manager was standing. I was like, okay, here's the situation. Here's what I want to do. I want to, since, since it was literally bought the previous week, uh-huh. I want to return this. I want to replace it with the exact same thing because this is, this is the right thing to do. Uh-huh. Like does Apple give that level of treatment to everybody? No. But in this, in the given the situation and where things were at, I uh-huh. felt like, like she was willing, totally willing to pay, right? And and had that expectation. And I'm just like, look, if if it were me, this is like if this happened to me, I would be a promoter for life, right? No matter what, right? Yeah. So I'm like, let's give let's give her this experience. And and yeah. the manager looked at me and she's like, yeah, you're probably right. Wow. So and, they gave you, they, they had the flexibility to be able to, to do that. See that, that is yeah. cool. Cause, and, cause you're right. I mean, she's now like an Apple uh, yeah. uh, lifelong customer. Yeah. Well, and, and, and it's funny too, because um, so the way that they do their like rating system, like there's like so occasionally a survey will get sent out to the person and mm-hmm. it just so happened that she had filled it out and super long like raving like you mm-hmm. could just tell like she was ecstatic yeah of what i did done for her yeah and cool. and just to, just to have that experience and be like yes i mm-hmm. created that like yeah. there there's just there's just a level of fulfillment that i i haven't ever been able to experience anywhere else uh besides in that store yeah and and it was just it was just such a cool experience and, and honestly why i stayed there for almost two and a half years that's really interesting. I mean, but but like it speaks to the kind of the theme of this conversation and what I'm that seems to be this theme of your life and 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 what has I think been the thing that has allowed you to succeed is you're putting um, you're looking to, to add value to other people's lives. You're looking to um, to benefit them, benefit others in some way expecting nothing in return but because you do that all of these doors open up and all of these opportunities open up and and you're able to have you you do get you do get in return you know but yeah. but you don't have to um you know uh, inconvenience anybody else for it or 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 anything like that so that's very cool yeah yeah wow well um Let's, uh, I, I think that that's, it's been about, you know, an hour over an hour, but what a great conversation. Um, this has been illuminating to me. So takeaways for me are, uh, 
look to add value to people's lives, whatever you do, and it will pay off in the end. You not only will have the 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 just beautiful experience of 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 helping somebody else, but it will also come back to help you as well. Um, second thing, if you want to, I guess probably if you want to do anything, but especially if you want to do something in the online space, which I think I would recommend it to most people might not be for everyone, but, but I think that like, there's, there's so much potential there and we can all kind of find, find a, a place to be. And, um, if you want to do that, simplify, simplify, find like the, the, what's the simplest thing I can do right now to, to make, to create some kind of content that is, um, going to start getting me out there. So simplify it, find something that works for you and, and then just move forward with the, the, the mindset that I'm, how can I add value through my, through my content? How can I add value to the world? And, and the rest will kind of fall into place. Yeah. And so. I think, I think, I think one last thing to add is be willing, be willing to try thing. Like at the end of the day, especially in the digital marketing and digital online, making money online space, mm-hmm. you're going to, you're going to be, uh, shown a lot of different avenues that you can take. Mm-hmm. And my recommendation is, is pick one and, and go deep with it mm-hmm. before, before drawing any conclusions about, okay, maybe I need to look at this other thing. Right. Because, because if you don't, if you don't give it enough time, like everything works, whether, whether okay, that be yeah. e-commerce, whether that be creating content, whether that be uh, starting a YouTube channel, whatever, it all works. It's just mm-hmm. a matter of what are you willing to focus on and put time and effort into? Uh-huh. And if, some, if something looks like it's not going to be adding value to your own life uh-huh. in your own fulfillment and what you're doing, be willing to take a step back, reflect, and pivot when necessary. Right. I think, I think those have been kind of like the, the biggest lessons that I've had over the years is just taking, I think reflection in general is, is a very unsexy thing to do. And I think quite honestly, a lot of the revelations that I've had through my journey has been a function of taking a step back and saying, is this thing that I'm doing still serving me as, am I finding enjoyment in it? Um, and really, and let that be your light, your guiding light, rather than rather than just focusing on what other people want you to focus on. Yeah, that's that's awesome. I I love it. Um, okay, so where can people find you? Where can they find more out about about what you're doing? Or if people want to hire you or, or your services, <laughs> what what can where can they go? So uh, honestly, it's it's been interesting because like. I have built this business on the back of no website. <laughs> really? Yeah. So I would say if, if you are looking to connect with me, uh, I am actively on Instagram DM. Uh, you can you can find me at hitchcock.drew. Okay. Um, and then if you look up, you, uh, if you find my face on a YouTube channel with just my name, uh-huh. uh, that is probably me. Um, <laughs> I have been given a challenge to start making my own videos uh, as of today. Okay. So I'm probably going to take that challenge on. I'm not quite sure where that channel is going to go personally. Uh, that's some, got some, got a little bit of soul searching to do on that okay. front, but 
uh, yeah, uh, if you just look up uh, Drew Hitchcock on YouTube and find my face, you will. That is probably that is probably me. Okay, and I'll get a link from you if you've got it, and then I'll yeah. put it in the show notes and everything, so people can can find it if they want to, and we'll put all this information there. So, but what a great conversation! I am so appreciative of you, Drew, yeah, Drew no for coming on and and being willing to to share your expertise and your your experiences and your insights. They've been just really beneficial. So. Um, just awesome.